listening to Real Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Muna. And I'm your host, Clifford. Let's get into it. Hey, Cliff, how's it going? I'm good, Muna. How's it going? It's going well. We are in episode 11. Can you believe it? We've already done 11 episodes. You know, 11 great quality episodes. So Real Talk Podcast, episode 11, and we are going to discuss a variety of subjects and topics. Definitely, Um, definitely. Where should we start, Muna? Where should we start? Well, recently I watched this French film called Untouchables. Have you heard of it? I have not. Is is it on Netflix or what? what so I watched it on Amazon Prime. They did air it a while ago on BBC Two, but it's it's available on Prime. But it's basically about this French millionaire who's uh, paralysed from head head down, and uh, he hires this uh, guy who recently came out of prison, and they just build this like friendly bond and it's it's so funny because the guy that came out of prison he gives no shits in a sense where he just tells him how it is and the french um disabled gentleman doesn't want pity and that's one thing that he can't stand with like living carers so i think that was why he kind of hired this gentleman because he thought you know what he's just going to tell me how it is and he's not going to see me as a person of disability. He's going to see me as a man. But it was just, it was such a cool film. Bearing in mind, it was all in French. So I'm there reading the subtitles. But I just, I just thought it was quite lighthearted. And uh, you they... speak French? Sorry? You speak French? Or... I do not speak French. It's just, I've heard about this film. My cousin did mention it to me. When she told me it was French, I was like, the full film? She was like, yeah, the whole film from start to finish. And I was like, so what? You just you just watch a foreign film? Yeah, artsy. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a go. Um, the ratings were okay, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think I watched it on the weekend. Would you, um, would you ever watch like a foreign movie with subtitles? Because I know some people are a bit it's a hit and miss. In I never say never if it's good enough or like by a producer or stars an actor that I'm particularly fond of or it's got a good storyline or sort of premise or like a trailer that captures me then obviously I'll watch it you should watch the trailer for this one actually because the scene is um it's the guy's birthday um and because of his status he has several people attend his like Mm -hmm. it looks like he lives in this mansion I'm telling you his house is sick and the living carer he puts on um a song that we're both familiar to and started dancing on on the on the dance floor and everyone's just watching him because they're so used to just listening to opera and like classical music they didn't expect anyone to get up and dance so it was it was really it was just really That's nice really what song was it or? do you remember and i was like yo <laughs> because you just see him like do a move like a moonwalk and he had moves. He had moves. And I felt it in that French guy. I felt that he wanted to get up and dance. But you can tell, like, he was enjoying it. And, yeah, it was definitely, I would recommend it. It's lighthearted. It's a comedy-based film about two individuals that form a friendship. Definitely that check it out. Good. I'll definitely check it out. And it's in French, so you pick up a bit of French. So, you know... languages classes in the high school exactly Rosetta Stone and that (laughs) 
Come on. Um, so if you're talking about television shows and stuff, I'm talking about television shows and stuff. Um, the most recent thing I've been watching, I think you told me or recommended that I watch Bridgerton, right? Yes, I, <laughs> I was did. Just a bit reluctant to watch it because I was just like, what is this that keeps coming on my timeline? Some kind of period drama thing set in London. I was like, mm, not really. But I think when I started seeing a few things and like memes popping up and everyone seemed to be discussing it, I was like, mm, still not going to watch it. Because, you know, usually when people watch things, I go in the opposite direction. Like, unpopular opinion, not here for Lord of the Rings. No, I'm not. Harry Potter, nah, not here for Harry Potter. And what's the other one? Um, Game of Thrones, yep, not here for that either. Okay, stop, stop right there. No, nope. <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> I just haven't no. got time to watch all of the series, so it's just like, those things are things that I had to just get skipped by. So I was like, let me watch Bridgerton, because it's young. It's like, what, 10 episodes? So I was like, okay, it yes, is. I guess that. And it's by Shonda Rhimes, or written by Shonda Rhimes, who did How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal. So once she I heard sure that, I was like, did. Let me sit down and just make some space for this. And I was pleasantly surprised. But I've heard it described as a mixture between Gossip Girl and The Crown, like a hybrid. So yeah, I was like, I'm I quite interested. That. Yeah, I can see that in it. A lot of people so, have said it's a crossover between The Crown and Desperate Housewives. Desperate Housewives? I haven't, I'm only yes, I'm like, in, so I haven't seen the Desperate Housewives elements in it yet, but... I, I think I know what they're getting at here. It's like the gossip, the girls together, do you know what I mean? Like, the men. So I was I was trying to envision it when my friend mentioned it. She was like, do you not see Desperate Housewives in certain scenes? And I'm like... I really don't. No. And then I had to, like, recap and watch, like, a few eps just to see did where you see, she... Did you see the comparison or the mix or not? I saw one scene uh, when it was, like, with the group of ladies that kind of congregated together and, you know, like, talk as you would do as women. I'm going to say no spoiler alerts because I'm not quite there yet. Just that. But other than that, I don't really see the desperate housewife kind of vibe. But I I definitely see the cramp because it's set within the Victorian time, so it's it's got that kind of element to it. And gossip, was it Gossip Girl you said? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that. Okay, where, where do you see that kind of fall into place with Bridgerton? everywhere with the subplots i don't want to reveal too much with the sort of secret no spoiler alert and just the whole social scene thing and you know, yeah i see it so if you had to rate it because you said you're on which episode at the moment six okay what would you rate it out of 10 mm. purely just on the basis of what you've seen up until now um seven okay what yeah. would you rate it I would rate it a solid 8.5. 8.5. Out of 10, yeah. Overall, it was definitely a good series. Would they, would they release a second series? Also. Most likely, I think, a second series. But I enjoyed it, nevertheless. It was, it was interesting, to say the least. They're defi- okay, what? let Who's me ask you another character? question. Who's your favourite character? Uh, Daphne, is that her name? The, the, the main lead actress... Okay, yeah, I think so. I think it's because she just comes across so innocent, so not not fragile, but really, like, vulnerable and 
she just seemed like, yeah, she just seemed like a little innocent person. And I just felt, I felt like she needed to be protected at all time. And the way she played that character was amazing anyway, because you, you'll see throughout the episodes, again, I'm not going to ruin it for you. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> you see how her character changes. And I'm like, okay, I see you. But do you, I want to ask you a question. Uh, whilst watching the series, mm-hmm. I had noticed that it drifted into a kind of scene where it was, I wouldn't say it was Fifty Shades of Grey, but there was definitely a lot of saucy elements in it. Because you're now up to episode six, what, what would your perception be? Yeah, it's just part of the show, isn't it? <laughs> and yeah, it fits into yeah. the storyline of what happened. It was like, that's probably what usually happens. But during the Victorian times? Yeah. Not that saucy, I wouldn't have thought. It's just, uh, I think people have been having sex since the beginning of time. There's nothing. No, that. <laughs> nothing new. And, yeah. Uh, it, you know what it was? I think it just, it just caught me by surprise slightly because of how they hold themselves in society. So it's like you see a different side to them and I'm like, oh, okay. But I guess, yeah, that's, that's how it came across. Oh, overall... <laughs> I thought it was good. Um, I definitely want to see if a second season will come up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would encourage you to finish it, and then you can let me know next week how you felt the whole series. Continue, yeah. I'll be like, update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before we start at 12. FYI, this is how I felt about Bridgerton. Which mm-hmm. memes did you come across then? Not even memes, just conversations and hashtags and just, yeah. And lots of discussion points. And a lot of people I knew had already watched it or okay. were watching it. So, and then also, on the Netflix account itself, it was saying I had watched several episodes in, which means somebody else who watches my Netflix account with me, they rushed across and started watching it already. So I was like, hold <laughs> on, wait a minute, on my account. <laughs> on my account, you're watching. <laughs> you're watching Bridgerton. And it's saying I had watched this already, right? I know it's been recommending it, but I was like, Come on now, I would have remembered if I had watched it. Mm-mm. My favourite character is Lady Whistledown. Because <laughs> I don't know who she is. And she's the narrator of that paper. Which yes! Which has all the salacious bits in it. <laughs> so I was just like, I'm actually interested to see who that is. If it's a male or a female or, you know, what the actual plot twist course, is. Because I don't know yet. Because the episode always begins with Lady Whistledown, doesn't, doesn't it? Like, in, in regards to, like... The article that she releases. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that she's on undercover, like no one has identified her yet. So yeah, yeah I'm sure by the end of this series everyone will know who she is. If maybe, not, maybe not. Good. maybe not, but even if if you don't, then you have your assumptions and then you'll be, I guess, ready to go into the second series where hopefully you'll find out whose identity it is. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself. By the end of the first episode, it's probably going to panic. I mean, the first season, it's probably going to reveal who it is. What was that? What else have you been up to or been observing of this week? Anything that comes to mind? In all honesty, I've been on Clubhouse quite a bit. I know it can be quite addictive. (laughs) Tell me about your experiences on Clubhouse thus far. Okay, so I think I've fully been into it from last week. Um, and I feel like my overall experience has been good. 
Um, there's definitely uh, a lot of like-minded individuals, a lot of creative people within the industry and mm. broaden actually. But most importantly for me, it's just been the good vibes, the great positivity, the fact that you can actually share stories and feel that sense of vulnerability in a safe space. And I've liked, there's certain chats that I've preferred a bit more. And I think it's because of the fact that it's quite intimate. So there's mm-hmm. not that many people. Whereas there have been chats uh, previously where I think the last chat that I was in, and I hate to drop names, but it was to do with that whole like ran or beef between Chip and Stormzy. And I think it was up to 3,000 people that were in this chat. And it just gets a bit overwhelming because, one, uh, a lot of people had the tendency of speaking on top of each other. Two, um, it then became, like, a sort of, like, uh, I want to say argument. Like, I can understand if you disagree with a certain person. That's fine. Mm -hmm. You're entitled to your opinion. You do not have to agree with everything that people say. But then... At the end of the day, it's opinions. It's not actually facts. Exactly. You're just pointing out what you think at that moment. But then it just got a bit intense where people were saying some sly remarks and I thought you know what this this isn't the kind of energy that I expect nor do I need from Clubhouse so I just came out of that chat because it was irrelevant to me like I don't know Chip I don't know Stormzy but I both enjoy like I, I enjoy listening to them as artists <laughs> I don't care what what the issue is so uh, he was moderating the room or not moderating the room properly or what was it <laughs> well, there were a few moderators, definitely. Uh, I think yeah, there, was no, Bouncer, no. there was Bouncer on there, there was Wiley, um, and there were a few others. But those were the two influential Maybe. kind of people I noticed in, on that chat. So uh, Wiley did kind of oversee the whole kind of house or room, but yeah. I just didn't see the need. I just felt like it. it, it just got a bit too much and... People just wanted to get their five minute of clout. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, the they, just, they just wanted to say what they want to say and bounce. And I was just like, mm, yeah, not for me. Um, but there was one that I'm, that I really, really enjoyed. And it's from a lady qu- called Queen. She calls herself Queen and she's from the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a club called Queen TV. And I was actually in one today and it was about healing and whether you have healed. And that that is such an important topic, and it's an intimate topic, and it's personal to one oneself. Mm-hmm. So I thought, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to, like, tap into this chat. And I'm telling you, the vibe, the energy, the love in this room, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And she, they just hyped me up so much, because when they greet you, they go... and i was like yo i love this group like i love them like i see them as family like and it's just it's nice to kind of build that connection i've only this is the second chat i've been in and i've already formed that connection with them and it's just it's beautiful there's also like two other chats that i go into you've got 9am in london which is hosted by abraskus nathan and eric so that's quite a light-hearted morning chat. I believe it's for like an hour and a half. And then midday, you've got Link Up uh, London, which is lunch. The hours of 12 to 2 with Jovan and Zern. 
and that's pretty cool as well like i love right. it I, that's like one of my favorite groups on Club yeah Clubhouse. they just make you feel welcome they you know they've created that kind of safe space and you know uh whenever they reset the room they also mention it like this is a safe space like this is an opportunity to share your thoughts if you want to and the one thing that i've noticed with all these chats they all have something in common there's nothing like they don't force you if you if you don't want to be on stage or if you don't want to say whatever like and i really appreciate that so there are moments where i would go on a stage say what i want to say and there are moments where i want to be in the audience like there's no pressure so so far my experience has been good it's been positive and um i definitely i'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they're going to do like clubhouse in terms of how far they're going to expand it because i've heard that they're going to expand it to the public soon i don't know when because they're obviously on on beta stage at the moment how do you feel about that public i think it's going to be chaotic mm. that's one word to describe yeah. it how do you feel now because it's all still got that air of exclusivity because you've got them few invitations it seems to be like a curated community i'm seeing in some chats you are hearing of certain instances where people are doing some madness like speaking out of turn and you know um, people are heisting rooms where they're basically jumping in yes, and uh, asking to be a moderator that. and then throwing the moderators out of the room and closing the room down. Like, all of these things are happening. I know some people have had a few, like, social media inc- incidences where there's been talk about them in Clubhouse, which is then spilled onto Twitter in terms of hashtags and whatnot and have become trending topics, etc. So there's a, a mix in elements as well. And, I think people need to be mindful that they're using a social media app. So they don't, they shouldn't, they should be share as much as they want to share, but then not every space is a safe space. You know, mm-hmm. like when there's 4,000 people in a room that you don't know, and you're telling all of your personal details to them. You sort of have to be mindful and check what you're saying. And if that's going to be um, used against you, you know, used against you. Yeah. Well, you just have to be thinking about your personal brand and your mindfulness. So maybe you have a few friends to check in with you and check you and don't overshare to a point where it's detrimental to you. But if you're confident and you want to share, go ahead and share. Yeah. That's what the platform's about. But I think there's something about your authenticity that people are drawn to. So it's just, I feel like if you have a brand as well to Mm -hmm. promote, Go inside and promote that brand. I mean, if you've got your cash registers and your um, your means of making money and your agenda is tight and you know that you just need to publicize a great brand that you believe in, then do it in there and then let the residual checks come in. So, what so what I'm really feeling about Clubhouse right now. People in there are out here hustling and, you know, people might be dragging them on social media saying you're spending all your time in here, but a lot of the people in these spaces have already started monetizing. And I think it's just, I think it's great because we're in a lockdown during a pandemic. Like you're not getting as much um, new celebrities or guests or content coming up in terms of television. So I think that with this new platform in terms of social media, it's really like on the cusp of creating new um, household names and brands. And it's like, I think new styles will be created off Clubhouse because there's so many different personalities and people who already have businesses and services that they offer out there, but you're just hearing about them now. So it's just, it's like reinvigorating what's already out there. So that's what I think is really new and dynamic about the app. How long it will last? 
Who knows? Because you had, what did you have before um, Clubhouse? You had, what's that one that was almost like the official app of the pandemic? House Party. House Party, yeah. But it's different. The thing about Clubhouse is that it's audio only. So I feel like there's something genuine about that. But then it's like, at the same time, someone can register and be a catfish and you'll never really know. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you just have to read and think with positive intent and then if anything bookie does come up you just research it through the appropriate channels but most people again have got in their bio facts that can be fact checked so a link back to their social medias along with a picture i think is better than like no content on the actual profile which yeah. I've come across when moderating rooms. I'm always mindful in terms of inviting people onto the stage. I see how many followers they have in terms of if they're genuine or not and what their sort of purpose is. I try to read their bio before I invite them up onto the stage because I've seen some pandemonium and like people who are just here for clout, et cetera, or just people who are going to be stupid and immature and shout things on the stage, which could just ruin the whole premise of your room and experience. Yeah, you know? it'll like ruin the atmosphere as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know someone will go into the chat with a certain expectation and then you to hear that and then they bounce off like it's not nice so when they do decide to open it to the public what what will you like what's your thoughts on that let's continue you had to summarize one word um it's gonna be exciting because you never know what you can get but I feel like if you're already in and you've curated your rooms and your spaces like it's almost like going into a department store when there's a huge queue outside, but you've gone in and done personal shopping. So you know what you want. You put yourself on layaway. You said, I'm going to come back and pay for it. Like, let yeah. the people outside wait. You've already curated your space. Or alternatively, it's like basically you having a new apartment and then having access to Habitat before anyone else does. And then you get to pick everything you want in terms of curating your space. Imagine that, like, before lockdown. I guess that's a perfect comparison. You having your own space at home and curating it and putting in whichever pieces of homeware you want it that you think is going to enhance your life so you can get some stuff for home gym wear i mean home gym workouts etc yeah that can be your sort of health and fitness you can get cookbooks that can be your sort of cookery element you can get sage to burn and that could be your meditation element but you can do all of these things within clubhouse do you help. think as well like you know once they announce it to the public that it's going to be like a paid membership and what i mean by that is like certain clubhouses will be like you have to pay to become a member there's people already doing things in the background like i was in one room which was basically supposed to be a silent networking room where you go in you read people's profiles if you gravitate to them you follow them and you just hope that they follow back and do the same by reading yours because your similarities and interests should align Mm. Um, so there's that room and in that room if you wanted to be a moderator if you sent them a dm they were saying it's a hundred dollars to be a moderator basically so you can raise your profile visibility so there's things oh. like that going on um there's just are so you many being serious they yeah, are there's so many different out of this app. some people who are really great at moderating um yeah they've turned it into a income some people promote their own personal brands and whatnot like if you're a personal trainer for example why wouldn't you go on clubhouse and promote your brand because the brand already exists there's nothing extra that needs to be done or put in place yeah if you're an entrepreneur or want to profit off um clubhouse have your actual pos like your point of sale already outside of the app and be ready to signpost people to for example your amazing podcast you know or 
like something that you sell online in terms of your own personal website that has an info um, at email address, etc. Or just be ready to really bring it out because if you have the opportunity to network, you should you should take it. And this basically puts you in front of your core audience without you having to move the muscle. You can be at home and network and grow your fan following. And there's so many testimonies of people who are just killing it right now. And the app hasn't even really gone live. Yeah, it's not even at its peak right now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so during this app, do you feel like you've made connections and networked? Yeah, and reconnected with people as well that I have already seen out and about, which is dope. Like, or people I've been to uni with and haven't connected with for like 10 years this has made it really easy to just position yourself or be in a popular room and be looking around and seeing who's present it's basically like being at a conference or something and you're looking to your left and you're seeing people you know you're looking to your right you're seeing people you know as well who have basically gone through stuff and come out like still standing like 10 years later and they're doing amazing work like it's dope yeah I've I've found it a, uh, a good opportunity because I've I've had um, a few where I've been able to network and you know uh, take it a bit further on Instagram kind of thing in terms of keeping that connection there. Um, I've definitely like rekindled my friendships from people that I haven't like spoken to in years. So it, exactly the same as how you you felt. Like it feels weird, but to be able to hear them and, and know that they're doing well, I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Like I haven't seen or heard from you in 10 years plus as well. So it's a, it's a big thing. And, um, it's just nice. Like overall, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. The people that I've kind of been connected with and reached out to have been amazing souls. Like right. they're all like very like-minded, very open, sociable. And from what I can tell, like happy in terms of, their current situation that they're in mm-hmm. and they just they're go-getters that's what I get from this app like a lot of people are in there to get what you know to expand their brand network do well and just be a better version of you that's mm-hmm. the best way to describe it so quick question about that do you think it would be as popular or have as much as it impacts if we were not in the midst of a pandemic um, in terms of popularity, I still think it will do well. Mm-hmm. Um, but in regards to if there wasn't a lockdown, would there be that many people on, like mm. online in chats? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I guess we'll have to see once we're out of lockdown, right? Right. But I, yeah. I, I, I definitely feel like this app has has exceeded the potentials of you right. know of a lot of people like it exceeded mine i didn't expect it to be expectations of what it could possibly be when exactly you i didn't expect you it to be that successful be and i didn't expect to network with so many people that i i feel who like i have jump on clubhouse i can't remember hey who told you to jump on clubhouse i can't remember you did you nominated oh, me no, who me <laughs> yes. me really me oh yeah nominated me hun <laughs> but i just yeah i think it's exceeded my expectations in a sense where I didn't expect to um, bond with that many people and like have that connection already. It's only been like two weeks or so, but I feel like I've already built some solid right. friendships from it. And like, it's I've already great people in place. And mm-hmm. like, which app has done that so far? Sorry to overlook you. I was just going to say there's some really great people on that app. Which 
you will actually meet because hopefully we should have some contributors coming soon to the Real Talk podcast. So keep yes, we will. I am so excited. Twelve, but we can't reveal who it's going to be because it's going to be a surprise. But you will see the promo up and around in the following week, definitely. So many. And that's another thing as well. It's allowed us to expose our podcast, like. Give it that extra exposure, and yeah, I can, exactly. I can and there's so many it. people that have reached out asking to collab. How right. great is that? Like, they want to be involved. And I've had a few people say, you know, I've heard your podcast. I like the concept. You mm. and Clifford are great together. I want to collab. That's amazing. From this app, from this right. audio app, sign me up, That's bro. Crazy. Come on. It came around at a perfect time for us. We're doing an amazing podcast and an amazing audio app comes to the forefront. And I love to be in a room with you. Yeah, yeah. You're talking and letting people know that the Real Talk podcast is here to stay. Exactly. (laughs) Do you know why it's so great being in the same chat with you? It's because we hype each other up. Like they can see that. They can see the hype. They can see how we're both in sync. Like they're like, rah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's my boy Cliff, man. That's my girl right there, Muna. Come on now. Let the people know. Exactly. You gassed him. You gassed him. As the US peeps say, woo, woo, woo. I've not been in that room. It sounds great, but I've not been in that room. I'm and definitely going to gravitate you on to. So go for it. I'm definitely going to invite you on that chat. Like it's amazing. The energy, 100, 100. I don't want to make it a cultural thing, but I feel like the UK rooms are much better than the US rooms in terms of being moderated and having a clear cut like structure, which is good sometimes. But then when it's not, doesn't have to be too heavy making it light and fun. And I don't know, I feel like the UK rooms in terms of moderations, they'll set the tone and I think they read the room better or they reset the room better. Okay. Yeah, I can say that's my personal opinion. I mean, I've I've been in both. So I've been in US chat rooms, UK chat rooms. And I feel like you're right. Like in in terms of the UK chat rooms, uh, I feel like they sense the vibe and they read the room a lot quicker. Mm. Um, they're able to reset and just make people aware on the stage and the audience that you know what the concept of the chat is and definitely moderating quite well but I don't know I feel like with the US there's another level of like vibeness and hype and you just get to hear like I don't know like I I I thoroughly enjoy it I love both yeah there's just just different aspects to it yeah I think I'm in agree. I'm in agreement to some extent. Some of the rooms are just rah rah, like everyone's <laughs> just jumping on each other, like over talking each other, like muting. And you're like, what? And this whole thing, much. one mic, one mic. <laughs> and now I can understand why people say it because it, it actually is, and it does become slightly draining when you have to hear the moderators repeat themselves and just, you know. Tell those that's on stage, please mute your mic. Like, but you can do it for them as well sometimes. So, as a yeah, mic. no, no, I know, but I think out of you know, out of respect, respect they respect do ask. Me. Yeah, respect me. <laughs> like these new mic. terms, Muna. You have to teach me. Put me up on game. What terms have you learned from Clubhouse that you just? Okay, so 
I've um, learned that PTR means pull to refresh. And what they okay. mean by that is like refresh the actual chat or if you've changed your picture of your profile pic, if you pull down, it refreshes the chat itself. Okay. Um, Gulag, I was new to that. <laughs> and I kept hearing Love it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I kept hearing it float around in the chat room. And then me, because I'm... Silly. I was, I unmuted going, sorry, um, can I chime in? And this was in a US chat. They're like, chime in. I was like, can I just say my piece and then, um, and then mute myself? <laughs> They're like, yeah, sure. And I was like, what is a gulag? And then one of them was like, <laughs> gulag her, man. I was like, this is it. Throw me in the audience. And I was like, oh, is that what it means? We're going to throw you down. And I was like, okay, cool. All right, I've got that concept. Where does that term originate or where does it come from? I don't know. Like, I, I was actually going to ask you, do you know where it originated from? Like, is it you? Allegedly, it I'm, hearing, I'm hearing it's one of the jails or something or a prison in Call of Duty. So, like, to throw people in there to just, yeah, basically throw them off that stage and put them in incarceration. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> throw them back into the audience. Those are the two main um, words that I've heard float around within the clubhouse realm. Mm -hmm. What have you come across? The green bean, obviously, is that moderator status. Correct. Yep, yep. Um, everyone's like cash at me. Everyone's got a cash app on their profile because allegedly, if you're really good at speaking or, you know, there's very different subcultures and subsections of clubhouse. So um, most people want to pay by cash out, allegedly. So they just give you a tip? <laughs> they might tip you if they think you're a great speaker or they want to enlist some of your services. They might just like your picture. Wow. Yeah, like I, I have noticed that. That was definitely one thing I actually asked you because I wasn't sure about this whole cash out thing because whenever you view someone's profile at the bottom, they have a cash out. I was like, what is this cash out? But then certain <laughs> chats, they're like, you you win prizes, you win money. They give mm. you money. And it made sense, which is why I was like, yeah, Clifford, I'm definitely going to need a link to this cash app because seen, yeah. it's free money. <laughs> Not free money. It's basically like a PayPal and it's a form that you can pay or transfer money from one person to another. No, but you know what I mean? In regards to there's like some chats, which is competition. So technically it is... Yeah, some yeah, some apps are um, competition based or um, like funding circle focused or what's the other sort of term for it? Um, they're basically pay for you to pitch an idea, for example, and if they can see, for example, that you are from a certain demographic, they may be more willing to then support your idea because they know that you don't have that many opportunities. And they may, for example, I saw a room today that was on Clubhouse where they were giving away a thousand pounds and a hundred pounds um, in a hundred pound basically. So they would have 10 giveaways of a hundred pounds and they would give it to people who came to plug their businesses, etc., with no sort of obligation. I think they might even put the vote to the people or because the moderators who are involved with it actually know the criteria and who should be getting the money for what, they'll be evenly distributing it. So that is happening. So would you say the concept is like Dragon's Den, but obviously not them? Yeah, on a small scale. They won't actually earn any shares, but, brand, but they'll be gifted, yeah, X amount, That's which is a great a idea. concept. 
there's so many different concepts and ideas. And again, today I witnessed someone stepping up into Clubhouse, you who should not be named, and attempting to do a bootleg version of My Name in London, which is Nathan Hector's thing, basically. Yeah. And they have publicly made it be known that today they were going to have a rest day for personal reasons. Yeah. And someone thought they'll take that opportunity to actually put the title, like the brand name into their own room and start a salacious headline, like a clickbait one to say, have I been blocked? And then Nathan actually came into the room and said, no, that's not the case, bro. Like we said, we're having an off day today. So I'd appreciate it if we could take it down. The person then went to make another room saying like they wow. wanted to try and make their own thing. But a friend of popped in on and basically said, look, this is inappropriate and very opportunistic. They yeah. then created another, the person then created another room to tell their following that this is the case. And that person who was basically doing it for clout came into the room saying, oh, I didn't know, like, plain innocent. But this boss lady did not have a bar of it. She held him accountable. Yeah. And then they opened into that room and then the person who initially was saying they didn't know, trying to play the victim or the innocent, did a public apology. Like, this is mess. You got caught. That's all it is. You got caught. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? How are you trying to take someone's idea and concept and make it your own? Right. That's right. crazy. And you know what? Props to the person that actually... Caught it out. You know, caught it out and, and said their piece because had he had, you know, had that person continued, he would have done it again and again and again to the point and where... damage limitation. It's like you've worked hard. This is it. You're damaging someone's brand. Like someone's put time, effort, and, you know, into curating a show and segments and sections of that show that are unique to it and make it worthwhile. That's why people return and come back and listen to it. If you want to do your own thing that's loosely inspired, do your own totally different thing. But you can't come in and steal off black creatives like that. It's always the way... Do you feel like it's because, obviously, like, none of this is, like, being copy... You know, it's it's not through copyright legislations and stuff like that, so... Yeah, but I think, you know, that's the next stage as well before you come in because of the popularity of some of these apps. You're going to have the copyright and... Like do IPO intellectual property, yeah, uh, yeah, trademark your own brands and stuff before it comes into these realms, because it's like the brand partnerships are gonna be popping. We, you know, and I know as I say, media professionals, we did the courses, like definitely, yeah. But I think we know firsthand because we know what it takes to put a show together. We have the pre-meetings beforehand to decide what's gonna go out on air what is going to be engaging. We look at the insights, you know, we take time to curate and create unique, engaging content. So we, I know what it's like to watch it. And again, we I like it a lot. I know what it's like to create content and have someone try to steal it and say it's their own. Mm. Mm. No, it's like you've put blood, sweat and tears on that. And then you're, you're trying to claim it as yours. Right. No, no. I'm glad. I'm glad that person got caught out. They needed to because if that had escalated and they had more, if they did that more than once, then it would have hindered that, you know, that chat, that brand. Not to say that it, it has done, but certain followers would be like, 
who we what, like which chat are we meant to go into? Do you know what I mean? Because he's using someone else's and it's plagiarism. If someone had come in for the first time and heard it, they'd be like, oh, this is a great original idea. And might someone raise the point and might hear back the original and be like, oh, they're copying this person. When that wasn't the case. So yeah. But have you noticed with some some of these chats there are similarities in, in terms of rooms? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But everyone's, you know, if someone sees a popular format, they'll strike up the bare like similarities and try and do something innovative as well. I would hope. I'll say take the positives from something and try and create your own unique thing inspired by it. And if it is inspired by a segment that you've seen elsewhere, credit the original creator and say, yeah, this was the original concept yeah. by Muna. And I have to thank Muna because without her putting this segment together or having the original, this couldn't be formed. What is wrong with paying homage? It costs you nothing. Yeah, gratitude, you know about gratitude. You know, come on. Showing gratitude and just be like, thank you. You know, big up to A, B, and C for for thinking of this concept. Exactly that. Now, just to move the conversation further a bit, how are you finding online shopping and stuff? Because most of the department stores and stuff are closed, so it's just like, have you bought anything new in terms of homeware or like, how do you do? Like, do you do fast fashion in a pandemic or like? What is it? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. uh, When Zara had their most recent sale, I was I was on it. I was like, I want a coat. I want another coat (laughs) because their sales were like up to forty percent or fifty percent off. Mm -hmm. And for Zara, that's good. But what was cheeky was that you had to uh, download the app, which I did. Uh, They made it available to those that had the app at six. And then they branched out to the public an hour later. That's great. Social Which engagement. is fine. Oh, yeah. But pe- like I had already pre-ed the items that I wanted. As soon as it hit six o'clock, why are they all gone? That's how the world works. It's not like you're physically good, so everyone's going to be utilizing it online. It was just so annoying. I was like, I really wanted that. But then luckily, I, I, I found an alternative, like a similar product. But it just... It, really pissed me off oh, it's not the same one it's for all me, right though it came i tried it and i was like yeah this could work but but for me if i see something i gotta have it you know I, there's I know. very very specific things if i see it i will i've done the most like i've sort of flipping watering can from ikea that was green i thought that was going to match my balcony so I went to Ikea in Wembley, Ikea in Tottenham, and then I checked online and they said they had an Ikea in Milton Keynes and I drove there and they didn't have it. The stock levels were wrong. <laughs> didn't have it. Well, what did you, you do? Did you buy an alternative? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> but, you know, you, but if you don't try, you don't get. And there's That's so, so little things in terms of just like little things like little bits of like personalized homeware things that if you really see it and you want it you get it and it's just like or bits of clothing or like blazers and things like that tangent but yeah like again because it's pandemic fast fashion not really because it's just like not really going anywhere but yeah but it's always nice to kind of just dress up like even if like even if you're going downstairs to the shop i did that once because i'm i'm fed up of just being like it's all good and well being in your cozy like gym jams or your cozy clothes and stuff like that. But there are moments where you just want to pick yourself up. And I was like, you know what? 
I will dress up. I don't care if I'm going to the shops. I feel good. So I think like a lot of people have been doing that, especially my friends. Like whenever I speak to them, they're like, you know, this this lockdown, this whole COVID, is is driving everyone crazy. Um, so they're right. like, yeah, we dress up. They proper dress up, do their hair, everything. Even if it means sitting at home, at least they feel like, you they know. Do. Well, I need my. Sometimes you just need to I do need, that. I can't do. I need my glam squad, man. I need my barber. And that's it, really. That is my glam squad. Yeah, but would you would you ever do your own hair? Like, would you ever like? Uh, no, not at all. No, uh, you only live once, so don't <laughs> fuck it up. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair that's enough. another thing as well. If you've got the skills or the time and patience to learn the craft, then do it. But then, if you can pay a professional who's going to give you exactly what you need, it needs to be done. You can do what you can do. What our friend did, like our our mutual friend. Gray, she's now a self-taught barber. Yeah, but you have to go through it. You have to cut heads, and then I don't understand. Like, I know for myself, I couldn't sit and cut my own hair. I it's therapeutic at the same time. When you go to your barber, like you get your hair cut, mm. you look your shit, and then it's done, and it's just feels like it's great. That trimming, that shave, and you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. it is. It's definitely therapeutic. Like that's how I feel when I go to my hairstylist. I haven't been to my lady in God knows how long, and I wouldn't willingly cut my own hair as well because mm. I need her. Why are you gonna go ask me if I'm gonna cut my own hair? Because I, it was just a question that, for nah, you. Nah. I just, I just want. Nah, no, nah, I just wanted nah. to know. Like <laughs> I've trimmed my hair. Yeah, I've trimmed the split ends. I have to, but in terms of going full on, cut my hair fully, no. You can't cut and colour it? No, you didn't. No, I can colour my hair, but I like the way she cuts it. She you does are layers and... Yeah, she you know, nothing to go wrong. She knows what she's doing with my hair. Yeah. I miss going to the hairstylist. I miss getting my nails done. Like I miss those little things that people take for granted, you know, because we do it so often. But now it's like, wow, I actually miss it. I definitely hear that. So we talked about our fast fashion. And what what these foresee in the future so let's say in the next six to 12 months what would you like to be doing ideally travel i want to get out of this country 100 where do you want to go next i would like to i've never been cyprus so i i would love to go to cyprus like i'm not i'm thinking somewhere close just in case do you know what i mean like i I don't want to go like australia anytime soon it's it's definitely it's not not right now like it's not it's not a a place i want to visit right this minute but i'd love to kind of travel more within europe i feel like that's one one place you know or one area within the globe that i feel like i haven't done a lot of and it's it's an opportunity that i feel like i need to just tap into it because europe isn't that far like what you know Going to these different locations isn't that far. And I feel like I can do a couple of days in Cyprus, a couple of days somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like take two weeks out and I would have already seen, what, 10 locations. But I would love to go to India as well. I would love to travel around Asia. There's so, there's so many destinations that it's just popping through my mind. But only time will tell. Like I really hope for now, I don't even care where I go at this moment in time, it's just being stuck 
in the UK for so long, being in lockdown, not not being able to do anything, I think has just has just been a low experience for everyone. So hopefully, you know, when the borders are back up and running and traveling is an option, BA, I am go- <laughs> I am there. I'm going onto my BA <laughs> profile account and booking the next availability. I don't care where it is. Yeah, I'm looking at Barbados, Jamaica, Ghana, 100%, Japan, and the one that got away because I never got to go to New Orleans last year. That is definitely going to be happening as soon as borders open up again. Out of oh. the destinations, what what would be your first one? Well, it depends when the borders open up, but I'm a hundred, I'm two hundred percent on Trinidad. Yo, I'm I'm two hundred percent on Trinidad for carnival. So, would you go on your oh for carnival? Would you go on your own or with like your your siblings? No, actually, I would go with friends and definitely. That's a shout, man. Hit yeah, me up, you know. <laughs> the homie JY has invited me, so I will probably go to Trinidad. Oh my god, that would be amazing as well. Just think about that. Like, yeah, that's that's a vibe. That's that's definitely one to check out. But again, like, I just hope, I just hope, you know, this will all be over with. <laughs> as soon as possible because right. it would just be nice to to go away even if it's a weekend i'm not even expecting anything long i just i you want something to, to just rejuvenate oh, and i think once you're allowed to you can go somewhere just like scotland or liverpool manchester or birmingham you know what i mean mm, but new orleans i didn't know that you booked that last year yeah i did okay okay yeah, yeah, so that's, that's well. vibes. When were you gonna go? Like, you know, obviously um, about the whole during, COVID thing. During the Essence Festival. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now now it rings a bell now. I do remember you saying that. Pissed. Well, hopefully next year. Or even this year. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who knows, right? God willing, like. I just, I can't wait. I can't wait until that announcement where they say, yeah, travel's back up. I'm like, Cliff, where we're going? <laughs> trip for, yeah. And then, like, do you have any things that you want to do or purchase after the lockdown? Like, do you want a new car? Like, what do you want to... I am saving for a car. That was that was what we spoke about, I think, a few weeks ago. So it is definitely on my mind. It is something that I feel I need to do. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be able to get a car. If what not, can't yeah, you visualise yourself in? What Which car? Mm-hmm. I think I've always been a fan of Volkswagen. Like, I like Polo. I just like the simplicity of it, the fact that it's small. It's, you know... It seems like a, a good car as my first car. And what then, was the car that you, um, sorry to interrupt, what was the car that you took your lessons in? Do you remember that far back? Or? It was a Ford Fiesta. I think at the time that they, they were like the standard cars that you use when you learn to drive, right? I had one of those. Did you? Yeah. I had one of those. <laughs> oh, was that your first car? Yeah. God, yeah, it was, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the black one. They're good, reliable cars. 
They are and didn't have many problems at all. They didn't have no major breakdowns. Yeah. Like every other time there was some kind of car crash or some kind of damage. <laughs> you know, that just comes part and party to being a driver in London. Like some yeah. crazy ass drivers driving around like it's the Wild Wild West. <laughs> every day a story. But, you know, things will get better. I just don't know about driving around London because of congestion and that, but trust me once you are a driver in london though depending on like how well you know london you will get to love it i don't think it will ever be the same as well because i think they're changing the city routes of london to make it more like bike friendly yeah but i've heard that so were, is that why the congestion sorry to cut you is that why the congestion charges have now increased because of that i have no idea the government always want to increase to make an additional profit i'm not sure if that's what it's for but all I do know is that, you know, if you had been driving, say, 10 years ago, like, you have iconic moments, like, driving into central London, yeah. like, to go raving, like, and, like, parking suspended or finishing from 6.30 on Saturday, so you're just pulling up, going to dinner, enjoying yourself. No, even before congestion, that was, like, banging. Then congestion changed, came in, and it was like, mm. But then to just rock up to your event with your people or just go meet other people and then just have the peace and tranquility of just like, yeah, I'm going to sleep when I want to leave. And, yeah. Or I'm going to just wear whatever I want to wear because I don't have to get the night bus home or train home so I don't need to compromise, whatever. I just go at my own time, my own pace, you know, and yeah. You're definitely sending it to me, bro. That's going to be my goal for this year. Going to the beach, if my car could speak, going to Glastonbury, like going on shopping trips or whatever, just going to other cities. Mad, huh? She mad. Yeah. Oh, going to big shop to get home wearing all this or stuff. Or like Mr. Village. Like, not even that Mr. Village. I'm just looking at like a local big shop, like a big shop at Asda. You just get everything you oh, want. Okay. Or you go Costco, get everything you want. Or running down to Ikea to just get bits. And it's not like, obviously, you don't have to rely on a train or like a bus or anything. You just go door to door and then the the favours that you can do for friends and family. And then obviously other people can return the favour, hopefully. Yeah, it's definitely an advantage. It's it's definitely something that you need. Like, I feel like, I guess before, I never really felt like, I, I never really felt like I needed it because I used to work in Central. Like, it was never really an issue for me. But I think now, more than ever, like I feel like I, I need to be in my own space. I need to be able to have that kind of, you know, that option to just hop in my car, go from A to B. Like, I, I think it's time. <laughs> so, yeah. It's late. I implore anyone who's got the opportunity to do it. But then when you think about it, some people have even taken their tests and stuff. And they've been like, I've no a bag of people who've been like, oh, the pandemic's come now. Apparently there's going to be, like, virtual tests. And I was like, what? So they're not even going to be in the car to to do the test? I don't know. I've already done it. It, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I am so, I'm so glad and I'm so fortunate that I was able to do it when I did it. So... Costs are just astronomical now. Like, it just seems ridiculous. It was expensive, but it wasn't that expensive. I think back then when we did it, it was affordable. Yeah, it, you it were was, saying it's expensive then probably again if you did it 10 years prior it'd probably be much cheaper because of inflation but it was expensive but now i can i don't even know what the average price of an hour's driving would be 
I think you're looking at 30 plus. Yeah, that would have been standard. But we'll have to, I have to fact check and come back to you guys on that one. Next, remind me, hold me accountable. By next episode, I need to know how much. We'll fact check it, yeah. Driving lessons are. And, um, I remember paying like maybe 15 pounds at the time. I think it was 15 And then pounds. I did like a bulk session because I thought it worked yeah. out cheaper doing blocks of 10. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm giving myself a year to learn how to drive and do the theory. Within that year, I did that. Yeah, talk to me. How did you strategize about doing that for people who want to do it? Like, would you advise doing the theory first once you pass that, booking lessons or doing your lessons, booking your theory and then booking your practical? How, how did you go about it? And what so were I did the second option, uh, which was... So just, sorry to cut you to start again. So what was your motivation to start driving? Um, who was like your inspiration or role models in terms of driving and what... what basically made you commit to doing it for me I've always wanted to have my own car to be able to just hop in my car and go wherever I please like not be you know not be reliant on TFL or any form of transportation because I have my own but at the time when I did it it was mainly for the ID I know that sounds so silly but I like the fact that (laughs) I have a driving license I've got a driving license So what I did was at the time of uni, uh, I did my research within Kent to find out which driving instructor would be most suitable for me. And, you know, in, in terms of our personalities and so forth. So I found someone and she was the one that encouraged me to do some lessons before and then um, look into my theory because I had read a lot on the theory books. I had the DVD at the time and I was just going to book the test and do it. But she came back to me and said, I think it's best if you do a couple of sessions with me, then book your theory. And that really helped because I was in the car and I actually did the movements that she told me to do. And, you know, I was driving. So when you're doing the actual theory and they have the simulation, like, you know, the, the video clips that they show you. You can, yeah, you can see it as a driver. Exactly. And I felt it more because I was in the driver's seat. So I was able to kind of relate more to the actual clip as opposed to just seeing the clip. Okay. <laughs> And yeah, and then after that, I passed first time with the theory. Um, and then I decided to continue the actual driving lessons with her. And then I got to a point at the end where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm at that stage where I feel like I'm a confident driver. I'm a, you know, I'm, I would say I was a good driver as well. Cause I haven't driven in a while. So I, I don't know how I am now, but then I was a really good responsible driver took the test, passed first time. And I was like, great. And then I don't know what happened. I just didn't get a car because I came back home and then I think I got a job at the fruit shop and that was in central. And I was like, I don't need a car in central London because congestion charges were then. And I was like, what's the point? And then before I knew it, 10 years plus, I think. Wow. Mad. But hey, I'm gonna definitely looking into it now. I feel like it is time. Definitely, it'll be nice as well. So yeah, that that's gonna be my goal as well. I feel like it's been a while. I need to just 
get rid of the these nerves that I feel and that I have because of the fact that it's been so long and just do it. Yeah. Just do it. Literally. Just put my head down and do it. What's the worst that can happen? Don't know yet because I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's as simple as that. What about you? I mean, you've, you've been driving for quite a while. Like, as soon as you passed, you just got your car, right? Because I was like, I ain't going to let this girl go. Okay, I got it. I wanted it. Let's do it. So then, yeah. Just small, small. And again, being in London is like, it's great. Like, you can drive down to the South Bank. You can go to South London. You can go to Shoreditch. Like, it just allows you to see so much of the city in a unique way and at your own pace. And I think really randomly, I think, the best times as well is like the early, early hours of the morning when no one's really out. And then you get to see some of the sites that are tourist attractions, but you take them for granted or the hustle and bustle of your working life just means you're going from here to there. Like to see like Oxford Circus at like 4 a.m. or be leaving like, again, Oxford Circus or like Soho or like Camden Town or like the South Bank or even to be coming up from like Brixton or Clapham Common or Shoreditch, or Homerton, like, and then to jump on, like, or go from east to west, and then, like, the sun is coming up in that. Those kind of moments are, like, what is really dope. Mm. Or coming from, like, northwest to, like, angel sides or something. And I've had a lot of jobs that have allowed me to drive in, even though they were based in London, and they would have been outside the congestion charging zone. just been lucky like that. Had one in North Wembley doing X, Y, and Z. Another one on Kensington High Street doing the experiment, which had a great parking. Another one in Angel Islington, again, had great parking. And it just was a vibe, man. Can you imagine? Mm. And as well, being a Londoner and jumping in your car and going to work and parking up and just being like, enjoying it and leaving when you please, your gym kit, everything's there. You're just living your best life. Yeah. Parking up and it's like, okay, work's finishing. I've got to drive to another event, like, I've got the Brit Awards to go to or whatever. Yo! I'm going to pull up. Yeah. Pull up straight. Go to, go to work. Have a great day. Have a great lunch with people. Finish up. Go to the gym. Work out. Shower. Get changed. Jump in your car. Drive to your next event. Like, yeah, you're selling it, boy. Like, you are selling this. Living okay. it. Like, drive down to Shoreditch House or like driving down to an event that starts at 6.30, so parking's free then, so you're going down to Google or YouTube, and it's just like, boom, and then it's just like your direct route into home is like there. That's when the world used to be open, and it, like, it's yeah. one of the greatest cities on earth, man. I can't, you have to say that, I pulling up to like the Tate, and yeah, man. Definitely a vibe. Definitely get Definitely. on it. No, I will, I will. And you can hold me accountable as well, actually. You can be like, Absolutely. have you done it? Have you done it? <laughs> Are you there yet? Have you picked the colour? Have you... Oh, I'm going to go for black. Like, I already know the colour. It's time. Black door, black, polo. Yeah. Polo is just a bit... It's like, like that all golf. Like... golf. That all golf. That same difference. Like, what's the no, difference? golf is, like, is slightly bigger. It's a, it's a bigger version of it, I guess. <laughs> I just don't know, because I've never really looked at them like that you know what i'm not gonna lie i would love a range love a range <laughs> like this but i am so weird. sure i would definitely need a pillow or some sort of cushion <laughs> i want to know something funny during my driving my test i actually had a cushion 
but you can yeah. hide the seat. That's out. not a cushion because I was just like, yeah, I ain't fucking this up. <laughs> I was like, I brought a cushion with me straight. It was my driving instructor's car, and I had brought a cushion with me at the time of my driving test because I didn't want to flop. And prior to actually taking the test, I took some like calm tablets in the calm spray just to like calm my nerves because I was so nervous that I would flop. Like I was just anxious, like from start to end. Like I was like, I want this to finish. Like, and because the the instruct, like you know, the actual person is there watching you. I just felt like his eyes were stinging the side of my face, like watching me fail. <laughs> But yeah, man. No, um, but, yeah, you know what, mate? Like, it was when he was like, Yeah, I need your card. I was like, Oh, he's going to take my provisional card and break it. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, Yeah, so you've passed. I was like, What? <laughs> I did not expect that. I thought he was going to say, Yeah, you're going to have to try again. But that yeah. feeling, do you remember that feeling when you passed? I don't actually remember the feeling of elation when I passed but I know I would have been really happy um I was gassed so long ago but like I must have been gassed and then obviously they take your license away because they need to get it converted to a real one so you've got no license at the time so I'm like well and I think I immediately went to buy a car like literally like within a week or two weeks because that's me on first you know I've been visualizing it and mm. and it was like I remember it was my 21st birthday and then like almost like the, that week I did my test and I passed and it was like I swear down the night before I was turning up at yo-yos not in your arts club. Do you remember yo-yos? Wow. A vibe and it's crazy because I had <laughs> did I go home? Oh. <laughs> I don't know what they I can't are. remember what you did 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> because I turned up and then I think because I had my test and it was like in Oxbridge or Hayes, I went to one of my friend's houses to just like chill before the test. And I remember that I, was, I didn't end up sleeping. Yeah, nice. It would yeah, be. I, didn't, I didn't end up sleeping and my instructor came and then the sound to go, man. I think we had a lesson beforehand. Yeah, and they do tend to do late. that. I had a lesson beforehand. I so turned up and they crashed the car. <laughs> and he was like, you need to get it together. Yeah. Oh, snap. Crackle you need pop. to get it together, like, whoa, like, what is this? Like, oh, sugar, honey, iced tea. So then, I, we pulled up at Tesco's, I think I had some Red Bulls, and I was like, okay, let's just have to calm your nerves and see what we can do here, because I've nearly crashed the car the first time. Let's see how this goes the second time. So then, obviously, you get to the test center, swap seats in it he goes stands over there go do my little testing thing come back guys like yeah congratulations you passed are you, are you joking so, oh, <laughs> i need your license came back my shot to yeah we've done this man he's like yeah congratulations but you must come back for pass plus lessons because i don't want you to die <laughs> i said okay yeah cool i also got my license i was off boy not do the pass plus 
Nah, cuz for what? You know how much money I spent on that? I said, nah, let me just be free. Isn't that like to just see how you drive with like bad weather conditions? Like, yeah, they're saying that it's gonna enhance, they always said it to you like, oh, it's gonna enhance the price of that you pay or like reduce the price that you pay for your insurance. It don't. So I never really embarked on that. And then in terms of like when I did my theory, I think someone told me that I should do my theory before I book my lessons. So I just revised that book, watched that test DVD that they used to have that all your friends would want to borrow from you. Yeah, you know that one. Yeah, do you have the DVD, Moon? Can I borrow it? I went to Neville Smith, probably got that for about £5 back in the day. Nothing more than that. Yeah. And then just read that book and looked at the road markings and symbols and that. And yeah, when I did my theory, I passed it the first time. I was like, this is easy. And then from there, I booked my block of driving lessons. And then, like, I booked my test after, like, a couple of driving lessons. I don't know how, I don't know how long I was doing lessons for. They recommend, do they still recommend 40 hours? I don't know what it is now, but then, yeah, there was a certain amount of hours that you had. Minimum before you can do it. So, yeah, I did that. And I don't know, I had a few driving instructors, you know. Some of them were just, like, after two, three lessons, it was just, like, Nah, I'm gonna switch up my driver. Oh, seriously, I was quite I fortunate to just have one, and I oh. recommended her to one of our friends. I had one guy; he was cool, but then it's like I really wanted to up my pace in terms of lessons and availability. And availability I had was clashing with what he had available, and I think his father-in-law had a stroke, so then he cancelled like a block of my lessons, and they had to be redone at another yeah. time. So. Or refunded even. So I think he refunded them to me. And I was like, you know, let me just get another instructor. And then, yeah, I think one, two, bad time lucky. In terms of instructors, in terms of the transition. Wow. And it's like, whenever you usually book with new instructors, they'll give you a promotional rate for like your first couple of lessons. So I think that helped keep the cost down. So mm. I was like, let me do that. But boom, I don't even think, I don't think I went with, I think I had a few with BSM because everyone tries that because you know, everyone wants to try what it's like to have a proper experience of a driving instructor. But some of these local driving instructors are good. Like Yeah, oh, they are. So for new or aspiring drivers who haven't even taken their lessons, it's, you don't always have to go for the most expensive in terms of BSM driving instructions and lessons. But yeah, you know the vibe anyway. It's just like anything. If you feel that vibe... In connection with your instructor and think they're a good teacher, then do it. They're not feeling it, just say respectfully. I decline. <laughs> I'm yeah. not gonna yeah. continue with your service. But yeah. thanks. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your services. Yeah. Well, episode 11 of Real Talk Podcast. Yeah, yeah. You follow us on Clubhouse. Muna, what's your Clubhouse handle? So for Clubhouse is at Muna underscore H. That's at Muna underscore H. But we also have a chat, which is every Saturday evening at 7 p.m. Saturday, 7 p.m. Yep. And it's Real Talk Podcast After Show. That's Real Talk Podcast After Show. So make sure if you're I'm a I'm gassed for that one. I'm not going to lie. You're there. And Clifford, we've got Twitter as well. For those that want to follow our social handles, it's Real Talk Podcast. And it's zero instead of O. That's zero instead of the letter O on Twitter. So do follow us on Twitter and Insta. You know the deal. Share, like, and tell a friend. 
So make sure you follow us, retweet, and share. So I've been Clifford. And I've been Muna. And you've been listening to Real Real Talk Talk Podcast. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Love and blessings all. Love and blessings. We love y'all. Come on.